0: Genesis 18. I wanted to look at the topic today of openness in prayer. With you know, obviously over the years and in your own study and all that, you you have certainly looked at prayer. I'm sure in your lives, and looked at very very a lot of aspects of prayer. You know what to pray for. What God's word says you can pray for. Uh, the believing that's involved in prayer. We heard in Ephesians today consistency in prayer. Praying consistently in prayer. Laboring, striving together, being instant, reverencing God, that it's God's delight that we pray. Speaking in tongues is perfect prayer. Paul said he spoke in tongues more than anyone in the Corinthian church, and so forth. All these aspects of prayer, the joy in prayer. What I want to look at today was a little uh, a, a little bit different from that, but when we look at this, don't forget all those things that we've looked at. Um Reverence in prayer is is a very, very. I'll mention it a few times this morning, but uh, the great reverence that you have for God when you pray to Him He's the, He's the Creator of heaven and earth. Just that should be enough to have reverence for Him. But I want to talk a little bit about openness in prayer today. When we approach God, He's our Father, and uh, how open can we be with our Father God when we pray to Him? In Genesis eighteen is a wonderful record. You guys know this record. We'll read it quickly. Genesis eighteen verse twenty. And the Lord said, Because the cry of Sodom and Gomorrah is great, and because their sin is very grievous, I will go down now and see whether they have whether they have done altogether according to the cry of it which has come unto me, and if not I will know. And the men turned their faces from thence, these were angels that were uh, visiting Abraham, and went and toward Sodom, but Abraham stood yet before the Lord. And Abraham drew near, you know, at this point, Abraham's nephew Lot was living in those cities that God is now about to destroy. So Abraham has a little conversation with God. Verse 23, Abraham drew near and said, well, wilt thou also destroy the righteous with the wicked? In his mind, he knows his nephew Lot is there. So he's talking to God saying, are you going to destroy the righteous with the wicked? Uh, peradventure there be 50 righteous within the city. So he's talking to God saying, God, look, there might be 50 righteous people in that city. Wilt thou also destroy and not spare for the 50 righteous that are therein? Verse 25, that be far from thee to do that. You know, when I read this record, I think, have you ever even thought about talking to God like this? You know, God says he's going to do something and you say, well, God, do you really want to do that? I mean the reason I bring this up this is Abraham he's a servant and he's talking to his father he it's it's, it's his father you know I mean I know in the old testament they weren't you know called sons and so forth but it's the same god you know and he's talking to him and he's saying are you really going to do that let's keep going it gets it gets a lot more fun here as you know the record verse 25 that be far from thee to do after this man god you would never do that to slay the righteous with the wicked and that the righteous should be as the wicked, that be far from thee. Shall not the judge of all the earth do right? God, you're going to do the right thing, aren't you? Have you ever said that to, said that to God when you pray? Do you even question? He's going to do the, I mean, uh, the reason I talk about openness in prayer is when we pray to God, it is not some formal conversation. I, I know in, in fellowship like this, or when we have... It you know, was a big meeting, and someone asked to stand up and pray. It's a little bit more formal in that respect. But when it comes to you and your private prayer life with God, it's not some formal. Actually, it oughtn't to be some formal relationship. Um, let's keep reading here. Where are we? Verse. 26 thank you Patrick and the Lord said if I find in Sodom 50 okay Abraham if I find 50 people there that are righteous I will spare all the place for their sakes and Abraham answered and said well look I have taken upon me to speak unto the Lord and which I'm but dust and ashes now God you realize that when I'm talking to you I'm dust and ashes you see his reverence is there he's not irreverent he says I know you know who I am God I'm dust and ashes I'm speaking to you and Whatever import you want to place on someone who's dust and ashes speaking, just that's where it's at. Verse 28. Peradventure there shall lack five of the fifty. In other words, forty-five. Wilt thou destroy all the city for lack of five? And he said, Well, okay, if I find there forty-five, I won't destroy it, Abraham, fine. And he said it unto him again. (laughs) You think this was enough, okay? And again, this is there's no irreverence here, there's no arrogance. He's just asking God a question and said, peradventure, there shall be 40 found there. And he said, "Okay, I won't destroy it for 40. As you know now that, you know, he's gotten God down to 40 from, from, sorry, down to 40 from 50. And and he said unto him, oh, let not the Lord be angry, verse 30, and I will speak. I thought he already was speaking, (laughs) but he's going to speak again. Peradventure, there shall be 30. Now he dropped by 10 because he knows he's up to a good thing here. He's going to drop by tens. He did fives before. Now he's going to go by tens. Because 40, 50, 45, 40, now 30. And he said, I will not do it if I find 30 there. You can see God saying, come on, Abraham, when are you going to stop? Verse 31. <laughs> and he said, behold, now I have taken upon me to speak unto the Lord. Peradventure, there shall be 20. See, he's going by tens. Found there. And he said, I will not destroy it for 20's sake. And he said, oh, not let not the Lord be angry. And I will speak yet but this once. This is the third time, isn't this? And I will speak perventure ten. You dropped right to ten shall be found. He said, I won't destroy for ten say, and then thirty-three, the Lord went his way. So that was enough of a conversation. See, and again, I don't this there's no arrogance in Abraham's approach to God. He had a question. But he was very open and he was extremely honest with God about the situation. Look at uh, Psalm thirteen. Psalm thirteen. Verse 1. How long wilt thou forget me, O Lord? Have you ever said that to God? How long wilt thou forget me, O God? Forever? How long wilt thou hide thy face from me? Now remember, this, this is what's recorded here. It was recorded by God for you and for me to understand Him. So He had this recorded. This is authored by God. He had it written for you and me. And here, David here, he says, How long, verse 2, shall I take counsel in my soul, having sorrow in my heart daily? How long shall mine enemy be exalted over me? Consider and hear me, O Lord my God. Lighten mine eyes, lest I sleep the sleep of death. Can you please help me, God, unless I die? You know, isn't have you ever even thought about talking to God like that? Isn't that what he, this is David. Was David a believer? Yeah. I think somebody very important came through the lineage of David, the Lord Jesus Christ. And here's this, this man, he's speaking, God, you know, it's okay to be honest with God. You know, when you talk about children, you know, your, your own kids, right? Do kids have any problem being honest with their parents? God, you know, like, or dad, dad, when am I going to get that? Dad, when do you, come on, you promise you know, and this is just an earthly relationship, you know, mom, dad. And here, why would we want to be so formal and try to be so holy with our father that we can't openly talk to him about the concerns that we might be facing in our lives? Why can't we be open with him and talk to him? Here's David certainly was. Look at uh, Psalm 40. There's lots in the Psalms. Psalm 35, over here, 35. Psalm 35. Verse 1. Plead my cause, O Lord, with them that strive with me. Fight against them that fight against me. (laughs) He's asking God to fight against those guys that were fighting against him. Take hold of shield and buckler and stand up for mine help. Draw out also the spear and stop the way against them that persecute me say unto my soul I am thy salvation let them be confounded and put to shame that seek after my soul let them be turned back and brought to confusion that devise my hurt interesting prayer you know David was in a specific situation he had no problems talking to God saying God these people are trying to kill me can you please help me God I need help I can't do this can you help me look at uh, Psalm. I don't know there's so many in the Psalms, sixty-nine. We'll skip ahead a little bit. Psalm sixty-nine, verse one: "Save me, O God, for the waters are come into my, in unto my soul." I sink in deep mire where there is no standing. I can't stand here. It's like quicksand. I am coming to deep waters where the floods overflow me. I am weary of my crying. My throat is dried. Mine eyes fail while I wait for my God. You know, have you ever felt this way? I mean, have you ever been in a situation where you're facing a challenge? You know, you can talk to God. He says He delights in our prayers. He wants to hear from you. He wants to hear from us. And you can tell, and I'm having a really bad, David was having he's having a bad day here, right? He's getting, David had quite a few of those. If you read the book of Psalms, you know, a few of those. I am almost dead. Can you help me? You might be, it might be okay for you to speak to God. Say, God, I need help. I don't understand what's going on. I'm in trouble. Can you please help me? And not feel badly that you're letting him down because you said that to him. You know, it's okay. He's your father. Why, could you, why can't you speak? Why can't, you, why can't we be open in our prayers to him? Or are we going to go to him and say, Oh, God, mighty, almighty, loving, kind, you know, all, all the things And I know you, and kind of squash down and bow before him, and we're all f- afraid of him because he's, or is he your father who cares for you and loves you? You can openly say, God, I'm having a horrible day here. I need help. I don't know what the heck to do. Can you help me? You know, um, would you ever deny that if your children asked that question or talked to you that way? I don't think so. Verse 4 Verse 3 I am weary of my crying, my throat is dried, mine eyes fail while I wait for my God. They that hate me without cause are more than the hairs of mine head. They that would destroy me, being mine enemies wrongfully, are mighty. Then I restored that which I took not away. O God, thou knowest my foolishness, and my sins are not hid from thee. Verse 13. But as for me, my prayer is unto thee. He's still talking to him. O Lord, in an acceptable time, O God, in the multitude of thy mercy, hear me in the truth of thy salvation. Deliver me out of the mire, and let me not sink. Let not let me be delivered from them that hate me and out of the deep waters. Let not the water flood overflow me, neither let the deep swallow me up, and let not the pit shut her mouth upon me. Verse seventeen Hide not thy face from thy servant, for I am in trouble. Hear me speedily. God, I need help. Can you can you please take care of this quickly? You know, it's it's really interesting, isn't it? How how the psalmist talks to God. How about you? How about me? When I pray, when I pray in those quiet moments of my life or your life, in the quiet of your you know your fellowship with Him. Is 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 he is he was he irreverent here? No, he's not irreverent. In fact, I think it's more irreverent not to ask for God, who know who can help you when you know you need help. You know, because a lot of times even before God you don't want to show that you have weakness that we have weakness which is kind of silly considering that we this whole thing started with us having the need for a savior because we couldn't do it on our own so after that point now all of a sudden are we so able and so capable that we only go, go to God in those emergency situations or we only go to God to show him that well I'm thinking about you or is it God I need your help help me you know Get me out of this, and and he says to him, Can you talk quickly, please? <laughs> I love it. you know I think it's, I think it's wonderful. Look at uh, Psalm 102. We'll skip ahead. I had a bunch more, but you know, Psalm 102. this one particularly hit home here. <laughs> Where is it? Is this the one? Oh, I think this was the one. No, sorry, Psalm 70. That's where I want to go. Apologize. Psalm 70. Yeah, this was the one. <laughs> yeah, Psalm 70, verse 12. Psalm 71, verse 12. Let's try that. 71, verse 12. Third time, okay? This is the right chapter, I assure you. <laughs> Psalm 71, verse 12. <laughs> said, oh God, verse 12. Be not far from me, O my God. Make haste for my help. Let them be confounded and consumed that are adversaries to my soul. Let them be covered with reproach and dishonor that seek my hurt. Verse 17. O God, Thou hast taught me from my youth, and hitherto have I declared Thy wondrous works. Now also when I am old and gray-headed. I tell you it hits home sometimes. <laughs> o God, forsake me not. You know, you've been with me forever. Don't forsake me now that I'm old. Oh God, forsake me not until I have shown thy strength unto this generation and thy power to everyone that is to come. Show, help me God so I can show to this young generation how you've always helped me. Look look at the conversation he has with God. Look at Lamentations chapter 3. Lamentations chapter 3. Now certainly you could read the entire book of Lamentations (laughs) to see how honest... Jeremiah was with God we'll just read a couple of verses in chapter 3 Lamentations chapter 3 verse 55 I called upon thy name O Lord out of the low dungeon thou hast heard my voice hide not thine ear at my breathing at my cry don't hide from me God Thou draw, drawest near in the day that I called upon thee. Thou saidest, fear not. O Lord, thou hast pleaded the cause of my soul. Thou hast redeemed my life. I lost my pace here. Thanks. O Lord, thou hast seen, verse 59, my wrong. Judge thou my cause. Thou hast seen all their imaginations against me thou hast heard their reproach O lord and all their imagination you know you see, sitting here talking god look these guys are doing this to me these guys are doing this to me you know what they're doing to me look it's just just talking to god verse 62 the, the lips of those that rose up against me and their device against me all the day behold they're sitting down and they're rising up i am their music That's how much they were using. Render unto them a recompense, O Lord, according to the work of their hands. Give them sorrow of heart, thy curse unto them. Persecute and destroy them in anger from under the heavens of the Lord. Now, I know I have never prayed this prayer with with God. (laughs) Have you ever? You know, and I'm not advocating. We go out now and find all those people that don't like us and we pray for God to destroy. I'm not saying that. I'm just sharing with you that You can be open and honest with God in prayer. Look at Numbers chapter 14, please. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers chapter 14. Verse 1. And all the congregation lifted up their voice and cried, and the people wept that night. And all the children of Israel murmured against Moses and against Aaron. This is when Moses had sent in the spies to spy out the promised land. And they came back and they brought back an evil report, 10 of them did, that it was a very tough land, that they couldn't, there's no way to go in. Even though Caleb and Joshua said they could go in, people sided with the 10 spies who said they couldn't go in. And so they're very upset at Moses. Verse 2, the children of Israel murmured against Moses and against Aaron, and the whole congregation said unto them, Would God that we had died in the land of Egypt, or would God we had died in this wilderness? And wherefore hath the Lord brought us into this land to fall by the sword, that our wives and our children should be for a prey? Were it not better for us to return to Egypt? And they said one to another, Let us make a captain, and let us return into Egypt. Tissue. And they said one to another, verse 5, And Moses and Aaron fell on their faces before all the congregation, all the assembly of the congregation and the children of Israel. And Joshua the son of Nun and Caleb the son of Jephunneh, which were of them that searched the land, rent their clothes. And they spake unto all the company of the children of Israel, saying, The land which we passed through to search it is an exceeding good land. The Lord delight in us; then He will bring us into this land and give it to us a land which floweth with milk and honey. Only rebel not against the Lord; neither fear ye the people of the land, for they are bred for us. Their defence is departed from them, and the Lord is with us. Fear them not. But all the congregation bade stone them with stones, and the glory of the Lord appeared in the tabernacle of the congregation before all the children of Israel. So God appears and says, verse 11, The Lord said unto Moses, How long will this people provoke me? And how long will it be ere they believe me for all the signs which I have shown among them? He goes, what's it going to take? I will smite them with the pestilence and disinherit them and will make of thee a greater nation and mightier than they. God is not happy here as we can tell. And Moses said unto the Lord, Then the Egyptians shall hear it, for thou broughtest up this people in thy might from among them, and they will tell it to the inhabitants of this land, for they have heard that thou, Lord, art among this people, that thou, Lord, art seen face to face, and that thy cloud standeth over them, and that thou goest before them by daytime in a pillar of cloud, of a cloud, and in a pillar of fire by night. Now, if thou shalt kill all this people as one man, then the nations which have heard the of uh, the fame of thee will speak, saying, "Because the Lord was not able to bring this people into the land which he swore unto them, therefore he had slain them in the wilderness." Can you believe what Moses is saying to God here? I read this, and I go, oh, my goodness. You want to talk about openness in prayer to God and discussion with God? God says, listen, listen, Moses, I've had it with these birds. Let's you and I start again. We'll make a whole new nation and better than the one we currently have. Moses says, Father, you know, God, uh, uh, well, if that happens, then the people around are going to say, well, God couldn't bring his people in. Do you want people saying that about you? <laughs> I, I mean, I, I read this, and I, I, I kind of shudder sometimes. I say, wow, you know, how open can you be with God? What did God did God here crush Moses with a lightning bolt? We'll let's see. Verse 17. And now I beseech thee, let the power of my Lord be great, according as thou hast spoken, saying, The Lord is long suffering and of great mercy, forgiving iniquity and transgression, and by no means clearing the He's telling God what kind of God He is. He says, God, you're a God of mercy and forgiveness and long suffering. By no means clearing the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children unto the third and fourth generation, pardon, I beseech thee, the, the iniquity of this people according unto the greatness of thy mercy, and as thou hast forgiven this people from Egypt even until now. And the Lord said, I have pardoned according to thy word. My goodness, he pardoned them because Moses talked to him. You know, Moses was a servant, was he not? We are children of God. God is our Father. We have Christ within us, the hope of glory. Yet, do we want to act so wholly before our God and not be open with Him about what we really want to talk to Him about in our prayers? You know, um, look at Luke chapter 18, please. You know, again, there are a lot of examples in the Old Testament we could have gone to. I'm sure you can think of your favorites where people, you know, the believers were very open and honest. Remember Daniel's prayer for Israel in Daniel chapter 9 is a really good example. Or Elijah, what does he say, "God, I'm the only one left. There's nobody else that believes you. I've had it. Let me die." And God says, "Okay, hang on. I got a few more that that aren't uh, that are there." Or Ezra. You know, Ezra, when he prayed, he says, look, God, we haven't done what we were supposed to do all these years. We're sorry. Can you please forgive us? Or Isaiah, when God, you know, when, when uh, Hezekiah turned his face to the to the wall and cried, he cried to God. He said, God, look, can, can you not give me a bit more time? And Isaiah prayed for him, and he gave him 15 more years. Honest, you know. Uh, Luke chapter 18, verse 10. Two men went up into the temple to pray, the one a Pharisee and the other a publican. The Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself, God, I thank Thee that I am not as other, I'm not like everybody else. They're all extortioners and unjust and adulterers. And I'm not even like this grubby publican right beside me here. I fast twice in the week. I give tithes of all that I possess. You know, and then first verse 14, 13. And the publican standeth afar off would not lift up so much as his eyes unto heaven, but smote upon his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you, this, is this man went down to his just house justified rather than the other. For everyone that exalted himself shall be abased, and he that humbleth himself shall be exalted. Which one of those guys was honest with God? You know, the other guy knew his shortcomings. He said, I'm a sinner. Can you help me? The other guy, oh, look at me. I'm one, I do this right, and I do this right, and I do this right. I assure you God knows what you're doing is right and wrong. He knows. I think God knows what's going on. You know, and this gentleman just stands up and said, just be merciful. And Jesus said, you know what? That guy went home justified. What kind of prayer life do we have with our father? Luke 22 Luke chapter 22, verse 39. And he came out and went, this is Jesus Christ now, as he was wont to the Mount of Olives, and his disciples followed him. And when he was at the place, he said unto them, Pray that ye enter not into temptation. And he was withdrawn from them about a stone's cast and kneeled down and prayed, saying, Father, If thou be willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. Verse 43. And there appeared an angel unto him from heaven, strengthening him. And being in an agony, being in an agony, this is our Lord and Savior, being in an agony, he prayed more earnestly. And his sweat was as it were great drops of blood falling down to the ground. And when He rose up from prayer and was come to His disciples, He found them sleeping for sorrow. You know, it says here that three times Jesus Christ went to His Father and said, God, is there any other way that I do not have to go through this? Could you you let me know if there's any other way? Do you think Jesus Christ was honest with His Father? Jesus Christ, remember they asked Him, um, teach us to pray. Remember the guys asked Him, teach us how to pray, you know. Well, this is an example of a way to pray. You know, our Father, hallowed be thy name. He told them how to have great reverence for their God, their Father. And then he told them that, you know, everything, all the needs that you have in life, everything that you need comes from him, your bread and all these things. And he told them to pray with that great reverence. You think he was reverent here? Well, he certainly was. He said, look, I don't want to go through this, but if you need me to... I want your will to be done. So he he was doing exactly what he taught the, his followers to pray. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven, right? And he said, "Look, I'm coming to you. If there's any other way, please get me out of this. But if not, I want your will to be done." So he was doing exactly what he taught his believers. But he was honest. He didn't say, "This is great. I can't wait to be tortured." No, he said, "This is not going to be easy." And he, you know, he. I'm sure he had read Isaiah and those sections of of God's word that talked about what was going to be done to him. And he still was very honest. He said, can you get me out of this? I said, no, but okay, well, let's go. Let's get on with it. Acts 4. A few more verses here. As a believer friend of ours likes to say, rounding third base. Acts chapter 4, verse 23. And being let go, they went to their own company, the believers in the book of Acts, and reported all that the chief priests and elders had said unto them. You know, they were telling them, you can't preach in the name of Jesus, you can't do this and all that. And when they heard that, they lifted up their voice to God with one accord and said, Lord, thou art God. He doesn't know that, right? I notice a lot of times in prayers, people remind him who he is. (laughs) You're God. Uh, Yeah, I'm God which has made heaven and earth, yeah, did that, and the sea, yep, and all that in them is, absolutely. It's great, you know, they're great reverence for him. They recognize who he is. You know, remember it says in Hebrews, he that comes to God must believe that he is. So here they are coming to him, they believe who he is, you made heaven and earth, and everything in them that is. who by the mouth of thy servant David has said, why did the heathen rage, and the people imagine vain things? The kings of the earth stood up, and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his Christ. of a a truth against thy holy child Jesus, whom thou hast anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate, with the Gentiles and the people of Israel will gather together. For to do whatsoever, thy hand and thy counsel determined before to be done. Now, Lord, behold their threatenings. (laughs) Here they are, getting together. God, look what these guys are doing to us. And grant unto thy servants with all boldness they may speak thy word you can talk to him look what these guys are doing to us can you please give us the courage and boldness to deal with this and if you read the rest they certainly got the boldness just the same way Jesus Christ got the confidence to go through what he was going to go through just the same way as Elijah was able to get up the same way as Ezra and Nehemiah and David and all these men got what they wanted with their openness to to pray to their father to God Look at Philippians, sorry, first Peter chapter five. This was said in prayer today, so that was a blessing. First Peter chapter five. Verse six: "Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, just like that publican. Be merciful unto me, God a sinner. Humble yourselves that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. Casting all your care, care, anxiety, all the things, all the things that bother you, all of them, casting them all. When you cast your cares upon God, do you think you might want to talk about those cares? You know, Jesus Christ did, the psalmist did. Moses did. These men talked. You know, it's okay. And I think Philippians 4, we'll read that next. Let's just jump over there. Philippians chapter 4. We'll read that as well in relation to this, what we're talking about here, casting all your care. Philippians chapter 4, verse 6. You guys know this verse very well. Be careful or anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known Unto God, and the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. See, casting all your anxiety, when you're casting, getting rid of all the anxiety and all the care, you think you may want to talk through what that anxiety might be? You might want to talk through what's bugging you, what's bothering you, the problems you're having, the things you're having to go through. You don't have to, but you can. With great reverence, sometimes you need understanding about what's going on. Who do you think knows? Do you think God God knows? Yeah, he knows. Do you think God knew when Jesus Christ talked to him? He knew. Or Elijah? He certainly did. Moses? <laughs> You're a merciful God. Yeah, Moses, I know that. Thanks for pointing it out. I appreciate that. He knew, but they still talked to him. They were very open to him. Very. Uh, so when we were talking about our anxiety, and okay, you want to get rid of it? Tell him, Father, I'm really scared of this. I'm bothered by this. I need help here. Can you please help me? You can be open with Him. And here we are. We have speaking in tongues. You can't even articulate with your, you know, the language you speak what those thoughts and anxiety. You can speak in tongues. Even a great... But the will, the will to cast that on Him and the cares and the anxiety is exactly the same. Whether you say it in English or in tongues, it's to get rid of it so you can be open to Him and honest. In tongues or by word of mouth. It doesn't matter. Either way, you can be completely open. He's your Father. We'll close in Hebrews. Chapter 4, Hebrews chapter 4. You know, it says there that when Moses did that, he said that he rescued, he saved all those people because he stood in the breach for Israel. He stepped in and stood in the breach and saved those guys. So God heard him. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 14. Seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens, Jesus the Son of God, let us hold fast our, and the word profession should be confession, let us hold fast our confession, for we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities. We just saw one of those when he prayed to God in the garden, right? He was dealing with a very agonizing situation, and the way he dealt with it was he prayed, to his father, he cannot. He, so, so when now in his position as the high priest, he understands just the same way Abraham said to God, "You know, I'm dust and ashes." Jesus Christ understands. He understands who we are, who cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but but was in all points tempted, like as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore. Let us, because of all the work that Jesus Christ has done, everything that's accomplished for us, let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace. Not irreverently, not arrogantly, but boldly. Was Abraham bold? And yet Jesus Christ hadn't come yet. But Abraham rejoiced for his coming, didn't he? Was Moses bold? Absolutely. Was he, was he irreverent? No. Was he arrogant? No. But he was bold. Come boldly onto the throne of grace, that we might obtain mercy. <laughs> they all remind him, you're merciful. That you might obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. So, you know, uh, openness in prayer, to be open and honest with our Father God, it's wonderful. It's a relationship. You know, as you grow in your love for Him and understanding of all that He's done, the openness, the fellowship that you can have, it's just wonderful. You know, why not get those things, those anxieties, those things you need help with and the cares and concerns off your heart and give them to him openly and see how he consistently, like he's done countless hundreds and hundreds and thousands of years now, blessed his people, answered their prayers, taken care of them and been concerned and cared like he cares for us constantly. So Yeah. Okay, God bless. God bless you folks on the phone lines. Thank you, Raj. God bless you guys.